Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Bajoric, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. I'm going to go back in time here, a couple of years. And uh, I actually started this with a LinkedIn post, just a brief LinkedIn post. And I said, I am going to eliminate the word convince from my vocabulary. And um, the, the purpose of that was, one, to kind of get rid of icky feelings, if you will, about being in sales and, and how uh, really sales professionals are not always held in the highest esteem. And, you know, that's a big deal because I think, again, if you go back to the beginning of this season, um, top performers are proud to be in sales. So why don't we shed some of that, right? But I also stumbled into this logic of, you know, when you try to convince someone, you're normally twisting their arm or, you know, trying to throw all this logic at them, talking them into something that emotionally they clearly don't want to do. And that misses the whole point of selling because sales are made emotionally. They're justified logically later. And if someone is making a sale, making a purchase rather with the wrong emotion, the chances are that product's getting returned or at the very least there's buyer's remorse. And that is not how you build lifelong, happy customers who are willing to refer you. So I'm going to get to this episode that I recorded initially uh, for the Deeper Thought program. But I want to bring it back here because I think it falls in line so much with this current season. And it's validated, in fact, by the conversation I had with Andy Paul that I shared with you early on. So check this out for the next 10 minutes or so. I'll be right back with you on the other side. I've worked very hard to eliminate the word convince from my vocabulary. And it's interesting. It's, it hasn't been that difficult, but when I pay attention to when I'm likely to say it, I almost never want to use it. Think about the salesperson that you don't want to be. Think about that person who historically has painted their prospects into a corner made them feel as if they had no other choice but to buy. Um, and you don't want to be that person. And I think this is the, the crux of what modern day selling and quote old, old school selling. Uh, I, I think this is where those two uh, 
ideologies split. Selling is not about convincing. And uh, my friend Mike Simmons likes to use the word compel instead of convince. And I appreciate the effort. And there's technically a a differentiator there. But I want to even separate myself from that. Right? Because compel is still... You know, I mean, look, there's an element of influence there, and we cannot forget that we need to influence decision making. That is what selling is. But there's a way to influence decision making where it comes from the prospect versus the way you influence decision making by really coercing, compelling, uh, convincing, right? So, compel is, is a good word. I, I still think that uh, we can do better. And the meaning, the basis from where this comes from is really that when you try to convince somebody, you, you're basically using logic. When you try to convince somebody, you're trying to talk somebody into something. You're trying to lay out a case for them to justify a decision to work with you. And that, initi- that eventually needs to happen, but I think it starts off in the wrong in the wrong place. You see, people don't want to be convinced to do anything. People buy emotionally. They justify their decisions logically. And if you're using logic at the front end of your sales process, you're putting the cart before the horse. You ever notice that um, people who are really emotionally involved in their purchase don't need much convincing? You ever notice that the people who really want to do something outlandish might need a little bit of logic to help them sell this decision to somebody else, to help them cover their own butts, to help them recognize that what they did was uh, uh, responsible? Sure, that happens every once in a while. But when you think about people and their decision-making, they fundamentally make decisions with emotion and then back them up with logic. So sure, give them the logic. Help them justify the purchase they already want to make. But don't talk them into buying something that they don't need to buy. Or maybe they need to buy it. They just don't want to. That is – if they need to buy something, you recognize that they need to buy something and they just don't want to. You don't need to build a case for uh, all the reasons that they should, all the logical reasons that they should. You need to build a case for why they should emotionally want to get involved. And more often than not, people don't get emotionally involved when you lawyer them into making a decision, right? When you convince them. So what happens when people get convinced to do things. Let's, let's just take a look at this. Let's take a look at selling with emotion versus not selling with emotion. When you sell with emotion, you get people fired up. And when they're emotionally involved, they're typically more engaged. When people are more engaged in their decision-making, when people are more engaged in the investment that they're making with you, they're probably going to use it a little bit better. A little bit more effectively. They're probably going to get a better result, better outcomes, and they're probably going to be even more enthusiastic about using it when they get, you know, when they, when they essentially, when you or your solution overperforms for them. 
man, this was amazing. I just, I really appreciate, I was excited to buy this at the beginning, but now I'm even more excited to use it because I'm seeing the outcomes that I'm getting. You have the opportunity when you utilize emotion that way to create customers who will refer you, who will leave you uh, recommendations or testimonials. Um, They will shout from the rooftops to anybody who is willing to listen about how great you are and how great your solution is and how much that solution was able to provide them with. At the very least... Someone who's emotionally engaged in the pro, uh, you know, in the in the product and the solution, uh, they're going to be, you know, at the very least, they're going to be satisfied, unless you're, you know, unless what you're selling absolutely lets them down, right? But let's think about the different levels here. It's someone who is emotionally involved in the. Uh, emotionally involved in the per, uh, the purchase, they are at a much higher likelihood of referring you. And, you know, unless your, your solution trips and falls all over itself, at the very least, they're going to be, um, uh, they're, they're going to be satisfied. Now, if you talk someone into or convince someone to purchase from you, what's the likelihood that they're going to want to rave about you? Way less. If they're not really emotionally involved, but yeah, all right, I guess this makes sense. Let's think about their adoption. Let's think about um, their engagement in that adoption. Let's think about whether or not um, they're going to really utilize uh, and, and get the full benefits of the solution that you're providing them with. Probably not a whole lot. Like if they needed to be lawyered into or argued into or painted into that corner or whatever. I mean, they're they're Yeah, Jeff, I guess this makes sense. All right. Like they're begrudgingly purchasing your product. Do you ever want anybody to begrudgingly purchase your product? That's what people feel like when you convince them that this is the right thing to do. Like that's that's no good. That's not what you want. It doesn't help anybody. I mean, I guess it, it helps you hit your number. Maybe you get a commission on that. But like are you putting – are you setting yourself up for the optimal outcome, which is a, a, a customer who's willing to rave about you? No, you're not. And and what's the if 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 the ceiling really isn't that high? Well, what does the floor look like? Your adoption rate not going to be good. People don't see the value in it, so they're not going to use it. Maybe they paid for it and they don't use it and they don't like that. Maybe they paid for it, they don't like it. They realize that they are much more emotionally engaged in something else. Um, maybe uh, maybe they've got a ton of buyer's remorse. Right? You want to sell somebody something that they're going to feel bad about? Nope. What does this mean when it comes to time to renew your service? What does this mean when it comes time or when a competitor comes in? You know what I mean? Like, think about all of the things you're leaving yourself open for. Not only is the ceiling not as high, the floor is way lower, buyer's remorse increases, your returns are going to come up, your, your refunds are going to go up, and if you do keep that customer, they um, are so susceptible to, um, to your competition coming in and taking them. 
So think about all the work you did. Think about all the, the arguments you put together. Think about all the things that you're doing to work so hard to talk somebody into doing something, to convince people that you are the right decision. And you leave yourself wide open and vulnerable to, be, to, to lose them. Why not just think differently? Why not approach it a little bit differently? Why don't you think about getting people emotionally involved? Set yourself up for success. You know, look, I've said this before. I think there's a 5% difference between mediocrity and superstardom. This is part of that 5%. Just think a little differently. It's really no more work. It's just work along a different line of logic. You get people emotionally involved in the purchase. They are more likely to stay engaged throughout the process. They're more likely to close earlier. They are more likely to be successful. And they are much more likely to refer you to their friends. And their friends are probably customers that look just like them. And if you're calling on your ideal client, if you're calling on that dream customer, then those are exactly the kinds of customers you want, aren't they? That's what I want you to think about right now. I want you to uh, take this home. You're probably at home listening. I don't know where you are listening to this right now. I want you to sit somewhere quietly for the next five, 10 minutes. And I want you to think about the last couple of deals that you were engaged in. Did you get them emotionally involved in the buying process or did you just work on convincing them that your solution was the right one? I want you to think about that. And if you did get them emotionally involved, what about your words? What about your discovery process? What about your, your sales process led them to be emotionally involved? If they were not very emotionally involved, I want you to think about where you could get them more emotionally involved. And if you need a little help, you know how to get a hold of me. And um, I want you to consider joining uh, the Deeper Thought group within my Mighty Network community. We're doing live sales training every week. And uh, you get all the archives of the live sales training that I've been doing. And you also get three opportunities each month with myself and my thought leaders for group coaching, maybe around this. Right now, as you're listening to this, right now it's only $250 a year, which is stealing from me. I promise you it's stealing from me. But I'm trying to get this thing off the ground. The price is going up May 1st. It goes up to four ninety nine on May 1st. And it's probably going up to 1000 uh later. So um, your price never goes up if you, uh, if you, when you subscribe, your price will never go up as long as you stay active. Um, but I'm, I'm doing this because you pay attention to what you pay for. And if you have a little bit of skin in the game, then you're more likely to pay attention to it. You're more likely to get emotionally involved. And I know that I can deliver a return on a $250 annual investment. Let's be, let's be real here. So what do you think? Did I mention anything that might hit a little too close to home? At the very least, are you thinking differently about how you engage with your prospects, with your potential customers? Are you trying to logic people to death? Are you trying to talk them into doing something that they don't really want to do? You know, all the logic in the world doesn't go as far as a little positive emotion, as a little emotional engagement and there has to be a good mix of emotions. It can't just be all finding pain and exacerbating pain and rubbing salt in an open wound like a lot of sales trainers will tell you because you don't want people to feel bad during this experience. You want them to feel as if they can reach something better, but you don't want to make them feel bad. 
So there has to be a good mix of positive emotion in there too. You have to use your own emotional intelligence to understand that balance and it will get better the more you do this. But you have to be aware of it first. So my question to you more directly is, how can you get your prospects more emotionally engaged in their buying process so that you don't feel you have to convince anybody to do anything? And look, this is kind of a squishy kind of a topic, right? It's not really cut and dried, not always clear. And what works for one person will not work for somebody else, right? You got to sell like you. So, hey, if you'd like to knock some ideas around, if you would like to um, discuss some of these things in depth, shoot me a message, jb at jeffbajorek.com. We will put something together. Look, and if it's just one or two of you that want to do something, I'm happy to have those calls, just some brief calls, and uh, we can talk some things out. And if it turns out that there are a bunch of people that want to do this, then I'll just do a a webinar and it'll be an ask me anything kind of thing. And uh, we'll come in and we'll we'll knock these ideas around so everybody can kind of benefit from the experience. As I say that out loud, it's probably a good idea to just get that on the schedule at some point. So keep your eye out for that. In the meantime, I've got a few more episodes, just a few more episodes of this season that I'm excited to share with you. Please stay with me. Tell a friend if you like what I'm talking about here, and I'll talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.